morning, everybody. Um, thank you for coming along to our session. Um, so the first session, um, our session, is going to be about children and the news um, and their attitudes to the news. So I'm from Platypus Research. Um, we're a kids and youth research agency, and I'm presenting with Seema from Dennis Publishing. Um, so we've basically got two sort of pieces of research to talk about. One is recently conducted on... Um, sort of recent issues that have been happening in the news with um, with children. And then the other part is around research that we conducted for Dennis Publishing um, for the launch of The Week Junior, which is a children's news magazine. So we've combined that research together. Okay. So basically, um, last year and, and definitely the start of this year has, has seen a lot of important things happening in the UK and around the world and I think as adults it's hard enough for us to get our head around what's happening and, and to make um, sense of it all and it kind of makes you wonder what kids, kids make of it as well um, and it also makes you wonder do actually are kids aware of, of what's happening you know, how much are they aware of and do they actually care about it what do they know? Uh, so there's a lot of questions that we wanted to answer. Um, and having worked with Dennis Publishing two years ago, the launch of the Week Junior, um, and in light of the major news events that have been happening, we wanted to revisit some of these questions about kids and the news. And what we found out two years ago, and what has become even more apparent recently, um, is that it's really important to children to know about the news. And it's important that they know and told about it in a way that they will engage them and that they understand. But there's another side to the story as well. And it's just as important for them to know what to do with the information and to deal with the information as it is to have the information itself. So there's the kind of two sides of the story that we're going to talk about today. So, as I said, there's, there's a two approaches we're going to talk through, and it's a combination of quantitative research and qualitative research. Now, the online survey that we did recently is based on 100 children age 8 to 15. Half of those children were from the Week Junior database, so children that receive the news magazine, and half are from random sampling. So any differences that have come out there by the sample we've pulled out through, through the research. Okay. So let's start off with what kids actually feel about the news. Um, and I think there's this kind of assumption that kids find the news boring. They're not interested. But in actual fact, what we found both through speaking to children and through doing the online survey, that kids are bothered about the news and they naturally want to know about the world around them. So 99% feel it's important for children to understand what's happening in the world. Um, and actually only 14% believe that the news is just for adults. So there's a hunger for the information um, about what's happening around the world for children. So there's sort of a nice summary of... of, of kind of how they've interpreted some of the news stories that they've heard. Um, but it's worth looking at definitely where they're getting their information from. And there seems to be three key routes that they're accessing the news from. And we've looked at these in a quantitative way. So we've measured how many children are actually accessing those news sources and how many would say those news sources are their favourites in the orange. And if you look at the three different types, so basically you've got the targeted 
news that's kind of targeted for children so it's things like kids news tv um it's talking to their family where their parents will adjust the stories to fit with with what children understand finding out about school kids magazines um, and you can see that a lot of information is currently targeted at children and um, certainly up to age 10 they are accessing this information and you can see that family and school are the key places where they're finding out about things um, the favorite actually being understanding it from parents being able to have that one-to-one -one conversation with them. Second source is what we've called periphery, because these, this is information that they're receiving where it's not actually kind of adapted to meet their needs so that they can understand it. Um, so things like TV news for adults, there's actually a, a quite a high proportion of children that actually hearing about the news from those sources. From the radio, they might be in the car on the way to school, for example, and the radio news will be on. So they're hearing about it from the outside, listening in. And it's from these sources that often it might be that they're getting the information that's not necessarily as understandable, but, but it's detailed and it's raising a lot of questions for them. And then the third sort of information that they're receiving is what we've called self-selecting. So that's where, and it's particularly for older children, so starting at eight, but probably more commonly for 10 plus, where they're actually trying to find information out for themselves. So they're hearing bits and pieces, but they're seeking more information on that. And that's through maybe talking to friends in the playground, also through YouTube, looking for information on, on there, or just seeing posts um, on things like Instagram, Facebook. Um, as they come up so three three different sources and, and kind of quite a lot of different information that's coming at them so if we look at these sources in a little bit more detail um, we start off with parents and we start off with schools now what we're seeing is that schools seem to be covering a lot more information um, via news bites and via news magazines um, and this seems to be definitely in the primary schools um, obviously, there are certain things that have been happening, particularly terrorist, attack, terrorist attacks, where schools are having to deal with the anxiety and, um, and the, lots of questions coming from children. Um, and they're kind of doing their best to field those questions and to kind of address any concerns there. What we do find, though, is as children get older and then get to secondary school, this kind of more interactive way of accessing the news becomes a bit more, too, a bit more serious and can switch children off and they start to think it's much more about the curriculum it's much more about fact finding and they'll be told to do homework to find out things about the news and suddenly it just becomes less about discovery and more about right you know you need to know this because you need to pass your exams which is a shame because all of this kind of um wanting to understand what's happening in the world is is sort of uh, spoiled Parents have their role in that they screen content. So what they tend to do is do their best to make sure that they're giving some information to their kids, but they're not frightening them. And that in itself can also have problems because actually not having not enough information can make things worse. They, it can raise more questions. It can cause more rumours. It can create more incorrect facts, as we saw on some of the, on some of the videos there. They're doing their best, but I don't think parents are particularly um, kind of well-educated enough to be able to give the right information to children. And, and also they have their own biased viewpoints. And with parents being one of the key sources of information, children are getting their information based on what their parents are thinking uh, and not necessarily having the skills or being educated to be able to know how to kind of have their own opinions on things. So what we found as well is that 
adult news, they are accessing adult news, um, but there's problems with that. It's too detailed for younger children. It's very serious. Having this person sat behind a desk in a suit with the scary music at the beginning makes it feel really serious and scary to start with. Um, and a lot of the things that are talked about on adult news are not relevant for children. So the coverage of the election didn't necessarily have a great deal of things that were affecting children. Well, this is important because ch why shouldn't children find out what's going to affect their world um, that they're going to be living, living in? Um, targeted was, was great and it was less serious and e easier to understand. But what we found was that as children get older, that kind of targeted news, so the news rounds and news bites, wasn't giving them enough information. So what we found was that there's a gap in news sources for the tween and up age groups. So you've got targeted for younger, adults for adults, but there's this gap in the middle where they're wanting more detail, but it's not being delivered to them in the right way, in the most engaging way, using the right terminology um, and, and the right format. And because of this, then older children tend to go and find out their own information, as they would. And because they're so adept at doing that on things like YouTube, um, then, then they're able to kind of uh, find those extra details that they need. So we found that some of the children were downloading BBC News app, for example, onto tablets and phones, and setting up alerts for themselves so that they were able to find out information as it was happening. They didn't want to be in a situation where they were turning up at school People were talking about something that's happened and they didn't know about it. The other thing about the information that, that kids are self-selecting is that it is just that. They're personalising it and tailoring it to their own interests so they can filter apps, for example, on what they're particularly interested in finding out about around the world, which is great, so that they're finding that information themselves. But obviously that comes with its own danger points. Um, and we looked at how much children trust different news sources, and there's a lot of uncertainty around what they can actually trust, what is fact and what's fake. And you saw on the video the whole discussion around fake news, and they are very well aware of that. Um, their most trusted news sources are family and the well-known kind of branded news TV websites and TV news for kids such as BBC came up really strongly. In the middle, you've got things like radio news, presumably because it's a little bit more, um, not quite as formal, a little bit more jokey in some cases, that there's a kind of question around trustability there. Um, TV news for adults, there was some caution around that, I think mainly because they were saying that they didn't understand some of the facts that were coming out. So for them, they didn't, couldn't tell if it was true or not. But worryingly, the least trusted news sources are the ones where they're going to for that extra detail that they can't get elsewhere. Um, so things like YouTube and social media. And they're seeking the information, but the information that they're getting, they're not sure is correct. Um, and they're not necessarily able to uh, have the skills to figure that out for themselves and, and critique that information. So we saw that actually most of them are aware of fake news. 69% were aware, and that tended to be the older ones as they were kind of looking on social media and that sort of thing. Um, so Donald Trump's done a really good job in erasing awareness of that for kids. Um, and as children get older and they begin to self-select their own news, it's really important that they have these tools to be able to decipher whether what they are reading is real, real or fake, um, particularly as they're kind of self-selecting and, and finding it via social media a lot of the time and via YouTube.
So they're getting lots of information coming through to them with different parts. Some of it's great, some of it's targeted to them, but a lot of it is um, confusing. A lot of it is too detailed or not using the right terminology. And what children do is process that information in their own way. They look at the world through their own lens based on their experiences, based on what they've been told by family members, etc. And that has a number of different results. Now, a couple of those results are negative results, so it can make them feel more cautious, it can make them feel scared because they haven't got the full picture, for, for example. Um, it can also have raise lots and lots of different questions that they can't find the answers out to. Sometimes it might be that parents don't have the time to answer those questions. It might be that parents don't have the answers to those questions. So there's a lot of gaps there um, for children and not being able to have your questions answers, answered on certain important topics is obviously can be quite scary for them. On the positive side of things, I was saying about children's lens on things, they can have a really positive effect as well. So they can view the world in, in, in a very clear and quite a humorous way at times. So bring a positive angle to things. Um, so definitely sort of enjoying watching some of the kind of clips on YouTube that, that can make light of certain situations, but where situations are very serious, they're able to kind of have a positive stance on that. And what they want to know is, what can I do to help in this situation? Now I know about it, I want to be able to help and I want to be able to turn it round. So, being, so listening to children and getting children involved in the news and letting them have a say um, is really key for us to be able to access those different opinions that we don't seem to be able to have as adults. I want to just share a quick joke with you, what one of the children were saying uh, in, the, in the classroom there. I want you to guess what the answer could possibly be. <laughs> so it kind of just kind of highlights, yeah. There he is. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to see their lens and how they actually can kind of make light of certain situations and bring their own positive uh, spin on things. So you can see that they're um, very aware of Donald Trump, so 100% aware of him. Um, and they have their own very strong viewpoints on the things that they've heard. And having that forum to be able to talk about those viewpoints was really refreshing for them. They've got a lot to say, a lot of opinions to have, and it's really important that we give them a, a kind of forum to be able to do that. Um, and so that they realise that their voice is, is just as important as everybody else's. So Donald Trump was, was, there was a lot of awareness, a lot of awareness of quite a few of the other political characters. Um, I say characters, because I'm looking at that picture. Um, because of the election. But there was, a, there was a high level of awareness of what was going on in the election. They knew about it and they had opinions on it. And obviously the terrorist attacks as well. And as I said... Um, the positives coming out of those terrorist attacks was, I want to know what I can do. I want to know how I can help. But the other side was a lot of questions because it's, to them, completely senseless and they want to know why. Why is it happening? You know, what, what can we do about it? Okay. So put simply, basically, children want to know more about what's happening in their world in a way that they can understand. Lots of statistics there to show that they'd like to know more about what's going on, that there should be better information for children, the news should be easier for them to understand, and 
no, almost half saying they actually should be given a voice, they should be able to vote. Um, and over a third saying that they find it really hard to know who to trust when it comes to the news. So definitely the need is, is there for, for kind of better communication. I'm going to hand over to um, Seema now before I run out of time for, so she can talk about how she's used the information in the launch of the Week Junior and what they've learnt since the launch. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so um, I'm from um, Dennis Publishing and we launched um, the Week Junior. I've only got a few copies here which um, you're welcome to have a look at later. Um, so um, we had um, quite a responsibility um, um, and, and, and we identified this gap um, quite early on and um, it came from anecdotal evidence from parents. We found that they were switching off the news when they were in the car with their children um, and they felt that they didn't feel that they had the appropriate angle to talk to children about some very serious topics. So um, back in in 2015, um, we decided to um, see what we could do and once we've identified this gap. People thought we were barking mad. Why are we launching a print magazine when children are all about digital? Is that right? Um, but we, we feel really, really strongly about getting this product and we think we've done an absolutely fantastic job about um, delivering news to children that is accessible and, 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 and in a correct tone for them. So um, I'll just take you through the journey that we've been through and, um, and just um, highlighting some of the covers will Talk, will demonstrate to you the types of topics that we cover, and we don't we don't shy away from um, big news and um, and very very serious topics, but in in a way that is appropriate and um, um, and interesting for children. Um, and it, we can sum this up very well in our tagline. Um, it's about making sense of the world for children. Um, and, and, and we unpack what, um, the serious topics of the week and deliver them to children in a way that is appropriate and interesting um, as well as accessible. Um, so we talk about what happened and why in a very factual way, um, but we don't assume any prior knowledge, um, but um, we absolutely don't patronise either. It's about empowering children and not making them feel anxious at all. Um, and um, we definitely don't want to spoon-feed our own opinions. Um, again, this is something about <coughs> wanting children to be empowered and feel that they can make their own decisions at the end of it. It's that really, really important part of critical thinking um, for children and um, enabling them to feel powerful in terms of the future and giving them the voice. They can make a difference in this world. So how do we do it? And I just wanted to show you some of the, cover, um, some of the in, um, content and um, how, how the, the team put things together. So it's absolutely re carefully researched. Let's go back to core journalistic values. It's about checking, checking, and checking. We have such a responsibility to get these facts right and deliver them for children, parents, and teachers. Um, things are very, very clearly laid out. It's not about messy covers. It's about using simple color palettes and in, um, a typeface that is um, easy to read. We work in conjunction with dyslexic organizations and we've had some fantastic feedback from um, children and parents and teachers saying that children are finding this a very, very easy product to read um, and they're just devouring the content. Um, the, um, so our jobs are basically to inform and encourage debate and we just want children to talk about the news around them in a way that is accessible. So it's playground currency as well, um, is the way we talk about it. 
And we're getting some fantastic feedback, um, just some, some quotes up there. So th oh, we see our three key audiences, obviously the children. Um, you just have to look at some of our sort of Twitter pages and Facebook just to get the kind of interaction that we're getting. Um, the, the, the mailbox is full every every um, day from children talking about um, the, the kind of things that they've read in the magazine and what they find interesting. So we know that we've got the tone right and we know that people are really, really engaging with the brand. Um, parents love it. Who doesn't want to see their children um, reading a magazine? And um, it, it's delivered on a Friday, so you know we hear stories of children coming home from school, ripping open in their package. It's so nice to get posts that's actually delivered to the child's name. It's just unheard of these days. Um, so things like that really, really do make a difference, and we've we really feel we've identified that kind of core need to to understand more and make it accessible. Um, and 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 just to kind of give you um, a taste of our success. We're really, really proud of this. Um, 40,000 children are reading this magazine. And it's not just children, we say it's 8 to 14-year-olds. But kids um, are passing it around to, um, to other children in the playground. Parents are reading this. It's brilliant, brilliant content, content to talk to your children about some very, very serious topics, as well as some things like science and demystifying some myths for children. Um, so it's a family read. We're definitely finding that. And the industry is recognising us as well. Um, we've look, uh, we've um, actually won a couple of awards, which we're really proud of. Launch of the year with the British Media Awards and the PPA. So some fantastic successes all in a very, very short period of time. We've only been around for 15, um, 18 months, I think. Um, and lastly, this is a chart we're really, really proud of. Um, our publisher's incredibly proud of as well. Who wants to, who doesn't want to see that kind of, um, that kind of growth? Um, so um, 500 new subscribers every single week. We've got a fantastic marketing team at Dennis Publishing who've identified how to market to parents. Um, it, it's getting that tone right. It's not scaremongering. It is... This is something that is going to be interesting for your children, um, and the product speaks for itself in terms of um, the organic growth, the word of mouth, um, and and we've got some really really exciting plans for the future. So, um, come and come and see me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you more about the brand, but at the moment I'll um, hand you back to Joe. Okay, so I just want to um, kind of leave you with some final um, points, really, in terms of, of what now. Um, so I think we've seen that really it's about encouraging children to have a voice, encouraging their questions, giving them the answers they need, um, about critical thinking, as Seema mentioned, um, and it's about letting them have their own viewpoint and, and encouraging them to have that, and also allowing them to think about those positives, how they can help. Um, as we saw, there's definitely a need to plug that teen-tween news gap, so definitely more information needed, um, and it's about, I think the debate is around striking the right balance, giving enough information, but then making sure that we're giving the t them the tools to be able to cope with the information that they're receiving. What does that mean for them in, in what can be quite a scary world? I hate this kind of phrase, but it sort of summed it up, really. Um, so, yeah, definitely about how it's delivered to them, the format it's delivered in, and, and to think sort of the, the basics of content delivery for children, as, as Seema mentioned and showed you in the magazine there, and in terms of content, not just assuming that kids don't want to know about politics, they don't want to know about other children around the world, because they do, that's what they're interested in. And the final point is just a quote from one of the, um, the girls that we interviewed, uh, which basically sums up the fact that they want to have a say in the future of their country. Um, they realise adults don't think that they're interested, but they are, and that they hope that things are going to change in the future.
Thank you very much.